So uh, this this evening, uh, I'll give you something a little, perhaps a little more informal. Um, how to see three things to bear in mind. How to how to meditate. <laughs> how to practice. And. Uh, this is something maybe is easy to remember, not technical, and I'll explain it. The first thing is pay attention. Second thing, soften and widen. Third thing, include it all. So it's three things. Pay attention. Soften and widen and include it, it all. Now this may sound, what's that mean? Hmm? Pay attention. Yeah. It means uh, keep attentive, as uh, vigilant over your mind. Regard your mind, your heart, your awareness with all its forms, with all its reasons, all its beliefs, all its conversation, all its moods, all its emotions as like a monkey, the most slippery, tricky thing. Yeah thing that will run out at any moment. You don't pay attention. You have to keep your eye on it in the present moment. As you recognize your, the chitta, the untrained chitta can find every reason why you can't meditate. It's because you're too young to meditate. That's for older people. You're too busy to meditate. You're not a monk. Monks meditate. Lay people don't have to, can't meditate. So you're too young, too busy. You're not a monk. You've got too much bad karma to meditate. You've got too many bad habits to meditate. Yeah. Now's the, not r- the right time to meditate. Next year will be better. Another time would be better to meditate than now. There's too much pain to meditate. <laughs> There's too much suffering to meditate. You're too sick to meditate. You're too old to meditate. You're dead. <laughs> of these, the only good reason to not meditate is because you're dead. <laughs> the rest of it means you've got to meditate you just got to understand what it means. <laughs> it doesn't mean you've got to perform some particular very subtle thing. This isn't particularly like training yourself to do very subtle, careful things. It means pay attention. Don't believe your mind. It will find every reason 
why you can't practice. It's like this, and when we practice a retreat, you can see how it, it, it does that. You know, when we want to come on a retreat, oh, I really, I really want to, yeah, I really got to get on, I really got to get on the retreat. I really want to find some quiet. I really want to get here. I really want to get some peace and quiet. You get here. I really want to get, I really want to, I really want to get out. <laughs> I really want to get in. I really want to get out. <laughs> hey. Pay attention. <laughs> and you know, the, because uh, the jitta is, jitta has three particular aspects. One of it tells you what to do. This is very busy. Because this is the piece that's working all the time. It tells you what to do what you should do, what you could do, what would be best to do, you plan, you think, you figure, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this then, maybe that then, this is how I'll do this, this will get, this is maybe not so good, this is what I'll tell him, this is what I'm going to do about her, it's figuring out what to do. Yeah. This bit. Yeah. That's operating a lot of the time. It tells you what to do. But, the bigger piece underneath that is how you're feeling. So one thing tells you what to do, one thing tells you how you are. Oh, I'm not comfortable, I'm not happy, I'm confused, I'm happy, I'm this, I'm that. You know, that's happening. And often what happens is how we're feeling, how we are, is happening. And then what the organizing mind is telling us what we should do about it. Like, you don't feel so good, what you need to do is this. You don't feel so comfortable, what you need to do is this. So these two talk to each other. I don't feel comfortable, what I need to do is this. How I'm feeling, what I'm going to do about it. It's very difficult to uh, really find anything trustworthy stable in these because they're always changing and moving how I'm feeling is moving, changing as it changes I have different ideas of what I can do about it what I've been saying is the, the, uh, the missing piece for many people is a very simple piece where am I? where am I? Now, how do you know where you are? You maybe not think that's so important. Oh, I'm here, I'm sitting around in a hall. No, no. How do you feel? How do you get a direct experience of where you are? In here. In your body. You pay attention to that. That's the most important piece. Because if you get that clear and you know where you are, then the chitta doesn't run out. 
then you start to feel, oh, there's, there's something here that feels strong. Something here feels strong. Something here feels steady. Something here feels stable. And as you begin to sense that, how you feel changes. You say, I don't feel so good. That's okay. I don't feel so happy. It's okay. When you know where you are, you can let how you feel changes because your jitta has got something to anchor itself on. And then feeling can wash over. This is like when you have a post and you tie your boat to it. Yeah? You tie your boat to a mooring post. The river can wash and push the boat. It moves, but it doesn't move very far. It stays connected. If we're not tied up to that, you're down the stream. <laughs> and the boat turns over. Yeah. So, pay attention to where you are. This never seems important. This never seems so important. What seems important is how I'm feeling and what I'm going to do about it. It's because of this that it takes so long for people to wake up. Because how you feel is going to change and change and change and it'll, as you focus on how you feel it becomes big and powerful and important and overwhelming and it moves around and you're trying to figure out what can I do about this? Oh no, where can I go? What can I do about this? Um, drink something, eat something, look at something, talk to somebody. Yeah. How do you find a refuge in that? You've got to keep running around. Find out where you are now. And then, okay, you, you feel things. The feeling comes and goes, but you stay steady where you are. You stay with this. The chitta pushes, it struggles, it pushes like a, like a, like a monkey that you've tied up. It pushes, it pushes, and then eventually, okay, sits down. <laughs> and then you start to train it. Hmm? So you pay attention to where you are. And this is not, you don't see it with your eyes. Your eyes can't tell you where you are. They tell you where everybody else is. <laughs> They're not going to tell you where you are. They tell you there's a body here. But most of the time, people aren't even in their bodies, you know? You go into a city, people are, you know, in their cars, they're in their screens, you know. <laughs> That's where they are, they kind of, you know, 
They're in, the, they're in the shops, they're in the windows. Everybody is out there. Out, 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 out. Jitter is just rolling out. And as it rolls out, people get angry, people get reactive, people get violent, people get greedy, people lose their restraint because the jitter is not connected, it's rolling out. And it's easy to confuse the chitta when it's out. When it runs out, anything, it gets captured by sights, sounds, tastes, touches, ideas, promises. It gets frightened. It gets lost. It gets sad. It cries. (laughs) It's very sad sometimes. Too sad to meditate. (laughs) Too unhappy to meditate. Too tired to meditate. Look, forget the word meditate. Forget, really don't even think about concentrate. Don't think about that at all. Just say, where am I? Okay, where am I? How do I know where I am? No, where am I? You know how you feel. Where are you? And then you've got foundation. So when you pay attention, it's a particular kind of attention. One of the Ajahns, I think it was Ajahn Lee or Ajahn Fung, he said, when you practice, you should practice like a thief. (laughs) Practice like a thief. When you look with a thief, the thief looks around very carefully and checks things out. Looks around very carefully. He knows where he can escape. He knows what's worthwhile. He pays a lot of attention. He's not stupid. He's very careful. He looks very closely at what's going on. And he finds the place where there's an opening. He finds what's worthwhile. He finds a place where he can get in. And he finds something that's worth having. This is how you should practice. Practice like a thief. As you look around, think, wait a minute, there's all this world. There's people, there's tomorrow, there's this, there's that, there's the other. This is just rolling. Where is the place where you can get in? Not out, but in. (laughs) There's plenty of places to go out. Where's the place where you go in? Through this mirage of sights and sounds and forms and feelings. Where's the place you go in and you get what's really worthwhile? What's worthwhile is your, your own presence, your dignity, your authority. Yeah? What else is more valuable to us than to have authority over ourselves? Who wants to be a slave? 
Who wants to be free? Who wants to just be someone who's pulled around by everything? Who wants to be someone who has authority over themselves? See? This is what the, the dumber thief is someone who looks for that. Where's the thing that I can have, get to, that will give me authority over where my mind goes? So it won't go out into places where it just gets thrown around into pain and confusion. And this is in here. Pay attention. Now this outer body, the flesh body, this is a door. (coughs) But of course... (coughs) Uh, this is not <coughs> not really the body that I'm talking about. You, know, you have to go in through this into the direct experience of your body. Mm-hmm. The direct experience of your body, the consciousness of your body. right? Not the form of your body, but the consciousness of your body. Right? Consciousness of your body means you're feeling means when you close your eyes how do you know you have a body when you close your eyes how do you know you have a body now you feel something solid something here it's here it's solid there's warmth there's pressures, there's movement, there's a subtle movement, breathing in, breathing out. This is your entry into the body, which is the body of the Dhamma. This is the body that your chitta, your mind, your heart can find strength in. It will give you all the strength that you need. <clears throat> this is where all your strength comes from. Hmm? So when you're sick, when you feel terrible, yeah, the body doesn't give up on you. Hmm? When you feel really sick, still inside that vitality stays there and it keeps working. It keeps working day and night to get you better. You know, you know how, do you, how does the body heal itself? You cut it, and it immediately starts doing it. It doesn't say, well, do you deserve this? <laughs> Are you ready for it? It just goes to it. Your body automatically gives all its strength and energy to healing you. It doesn't feel pleasant. Sometimes when you're sick, it feels very unpleasant. You sweat, you feel sick, you feel nauseous. All the time, within you, that vitality keeps working to keep you alive. Breathing in, breathing out. Now this is what we all have. 
pay attention to that because any strength comes from that it doesn't come from your muscles your muscles are just lumps of flesh aren't they they're only as good as the energy that gets them going So this is what you pay attention to because it's not just strong, it's also, it's intelligent. It gives you, you begin, when you're with that you can begin to sense, well this is fear. This is, this is desire. This is aversion because you can feel your energy change. When you feel fearful, frightened, it tightens up. When you feel angry, it rises up. When you feel sad, it sinks. Yeah? So you can feel it changing. It's telling you. And within that, as you come within those experiences, stay where you are, stay where you are, pay attention, and it will come out again. This is the direct way. Now particularly when you have strong emotions or the chitta moves out, you'll notice the effect in your body. Maybe your face starts to move. Particularly around your eyes, your head, around here, or your lips. Changes. Face is very sensitive to, to the chitta. Notice what's happening in your face. See if, so when you have strong feeling, notice what happens in your face. And try to keep what's relaxing around your face, your eyes, your mouth, down your throat and breathing out. So this will always be a way in which you come back into where you are. Is paying attention. <clears throat> This means that although life has plenty of problems and difficulties, we find a place where we can manage that. We feel we've got a center. We've got a place where we're no longer just thrown around by it. Now all of these what are called the four satipatthana. This is body, feeling, emotions, mind states and emotions, and all the various um, attitudes and experiences and hindrances and mental factors that arise from that. They can all be felt within your body. They all fit inside that. It's like the body is the big one 
and the other ones sit inside it. This is why the Buddha said you, you can't experience liberation outside of mindfulness of the body. Said so it's within this body that you experience the deathless. So it says you cannot experience the deathless without mindfulness of the body. It says it very clearly many times. So you think, body? This thing? <laughs> What's he talking about? Yeah. But your mind is in your body. Yeah. Your chitta is in your body. Yeah. If you bring it in your body, then you can experience the path to the deathless and the realizations of it, nowhere else. It's so powerful, this practice, that uh, in the Buddha's time, with that great teacher, all kinds of people got uh, freed. Uh, Now you may think you don't have enough good karma, or you have bad karma, or you're not the right kind of person. But one of his, um, the Arahants, he was a mass murderer. He'd killed 999 people. <laughs> you could say he had a little bit of, little bit of barp, a bit of demerit. 999 people. He was just about to kill his own mother when the Buddha saw him thought, uh-oh, I better go and get this guy because <laughs> he's in serious trouble. So it's not just sweet people who get enlightened or gentle people who get enlightened or peaceful people who get enlightened. Rough, tough villains get enlightened. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, the Buddha's saying to him was just stop. Find out where you are. You've been running around for too, too long. Stop. Find out where you are. and he practiced another one the great disciple Mahamogalana who was the Buddha's one of the Buddha's chief disciples in a previous life he killed his mother and father and yet he became second most important teacher disciple of the Buddha so there's no excuse for not being able to practice. Yeah, it's always there. You know, some of those people who are cripples, leper, you know, people who have terrible diseases, young women, old women, middle-aged women, a woman who lost her husband and children in the same day, a husband, no, a father, mother, husband, and children in, in the same day, they all died, you know. So she was mad. She went mad. She had so much grief. She was mad. She's running around mad. Uh, threw all her clothes off. She's running around mad. And the Buddha said to her, Stop. Find out where you are. You know. Just that. Remember where you are. And she became one of the chief, chief nuns, another arahant, another enlightened being. So it's not just people who have easy life. 
comfortable. These people have had extreme pain and suffering. <clears throat> it's not just easy, you know. Sometimes when you look in the books, it seems like this, you know, within three pages, this person's become, you know, from nowhere becomes enlightened. But when you look in the stories that the monks and nuns spoke of themselves, they say things like, you know, I've been practicing 25 years and not had one single moment of peace of mind. <laughs> not one moment. Not that much. It's just been constant <laughs> struggle, worry, and, you know. It's not just, you don't expect it's not going to be easy. But it's worthwhile because you have to look at it like this. You, know, you pay attention, or you can make, you can either make it better, or you can make it worse. There's no level. It doesn't stay still. You can either make it worse. And there's plenty of time for that. <laughs> or you can make it better. You can't stay still. Nothing stays still. Nothing stops. The jitter doesn't just hang around, floating in midair. It either goes that way, or it goes that way. <laughs> so you think, well, it's not getting, it's not getting any better. Just say, is it getting any worse? Yeah. It's a struggle, but are you beginning to notice it, see it? Can you at least keep the five precepts? Just keep the five precepts, it's getting better. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah. So you always keep remembering Pay attention to what is good. Give attention to what you have realized, what you have established. It's just even one precept. Stay with that, build it up, understand it, feel it fully. And when you feel the quality of even one precept, like the first precept. What does this do? Do you really feel it? It means you have authority. It means you feel angry, you don't kill things. Yeah. You think it's fun to shoot something, you don't do it. So you feel the chitta pull and you say, no. You feel it run out and say no. Every precept does that. The idea of the precept is not that you should never feel violent. You should never want to kill anybody. But you don't do it. That's all. <laughs> I think I've never killed anybody yet. 
sometimes you, see, you feel like you'd quite like to <laughs> maybe not kill somebody but just really <laughs> shut them up you know and you feel the chitter and you pull it back and you pull it back and every time you do that every time you do that you're pulling it back so even one precept is practice pay attention to one precept this is the value of them they're not just about being a nice person it's not just about social being socially polite it's about understanding the power of passion and desire and the sneakiness the lies and deceptions that go on in the mind and saying nope back here you know some people say well you can't drink this means you can't drink so much that you fall over no it means you don't drink well maybe just a little one no you don't drink well just a little one no <laughs> well sometimes no <laughs> you, don't, you just don't do it and it's, it's not because this means you know you have one little drink wow it doesn't really matter you know you're not you're still you're not completely drunk but why why bother does it do you good does it take you anywhere useful does it make you stronger does it make you wiser no so why bother you get the chance the chitta has another chance to creep out and you pull it back you know so when you practice like this you pay attention to all of the reasons why you can't do this why you can't practice why and you say what does practice mean practice means holding the chitta firmly holding it carefully holding it completely and if you just do this retreat and just follow the precepts follow the silence follow the routine you'll do a lot of good because I don't know how it is for you but I'd imagine you know even after a couple of days you know maybe be nice to sleep a little bit longer you know maybe just a half an hour longer 530 is good enough you know? <laughs> yeah. or maybe have a little conversation somewhere not bother anybody but just be go and have a little talk somewhere you know, because we need to talk about something I want to talk about something nothing bad just a little harmless conversation jitter finds its way out doesn't it say look 
You've been talking every day since you were two years old. <laughs> Where's, you know, is it that good? <laughs> is it that, that you can't stop? <laughs> Do you have no authority? So you really take these things, there's no real harm. This is not about harming people, it's just about having authority over your citta, over your mind. And you use a form like this for that practice because you begin to understand every way in which the citta wants to creep out. (laughs) And you say, (laughs) you're back here. To be here, you don't need to drink, you don't need to talk, you don't need that, that doesn't help you. You need to go in here and stay in here. Simple. And when you do this you begin to really hear the voices of the citta as it tries to find a way out. Excuses, reasons, don't feel so good, need to go somewhere else, need to get away quick. (laughs) Where are you going, you know? (laughs) Where is there to go? So really you should practice like this is your last day on earth, there's no future. There's nowhere else. This is your last day on earth. Pay attention. Your life depends upon it. Mm. The Buddha said, you should pay attention like you're walking along and you're carrying a basin of oil on your head. And you don't want to spill a single drop. So you walk very carefully. And there's someone behind you with a sword. If you spill a drop, they cut your head off. So you... But you've got to keep walking so you don't panic. Just pay attention. Then he says, okay, if you're like this and you're walking along with this base of the world in your head, there's a person behind you with a sword and you see this beautiful girl dancing. You don't want to look at that (laughs) because your head's going to come off. So you just say, forget it, it's not important, stay with this. But we're not trying to just get very narrow, we say pay attention to your whole body, sit inside it, get comfortable and do this a lot because the citta will keep moving out or it it runs up into your head get it so as it fills completely your body so you know where your hands are you know where your chest is you know where your legs are when you sit 
your jitta feels, fills your body, then it's really strong. It's got a lot of stability. Yeah. If you're just sitting on the end of your nose, it's not going to last there very long. Yeah. When you walk down the street, you've got your jitta is there, you walk down the street in Bangkok, it's going to go. <laughs> it's not going to stay on the end of your nose. <laughs> but if you walk down the street, when your legs, your chest, your back, your shoulders are walking, then it's possible. Even if you're driving your car, hands, the steering wheel, where you're sitting, your back, pay attention, pay attention. Now's the, not the time to be talking, listening to the phone. Now's the pay time to pay attention. This is important. Your life depends on it. Okay. This attention, it's got no purpose apart from to make you awake. So when you're paying attention, it doesn't say be good, it doesn't say be happy, it doesn't say be inspired, it just says pay attention, wake up to how you're feeling, doesn't matter. Attention is just notice, 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 stay with it. Sometimes you're feeling bad, sometimes you feel bored, sometimes you feel happy, sometimes you feel restless. The first thing is just pay attention. <laughs> Second thing, widen and soften, soften and widen. What does this mean? So sometimes I've said, you know, get comfortable. You know, sometimes people when they meditate they say, oh, I've got I've to concentrate. I've got to really try to concentrate. I can't concentrate. I've got to try and concentrate. And you know, this is not going to work. <laughs> so, don't try to concentrate. Pay attention, get in your body, and then begin to soften. Soften means your mind begins to relax. Yeah. Get a sense of breathing, as if your breathing is relaxing you inside. So it's like most people are too tight you know, because of pressure. Yeah. They're too nervous, they're too highly strong, too reactive. Yeah. They don't have enough space. You get a feeling and you react. You see something and you react. You think of something you do and you've got to do it now. You remember something and you've got to do it now. And then when you remember, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. Then you react to reacting. I shouldn't react. Stop reacting. And then 
I shouldn't get angry with myself. Stop getting angry with myself. Um, what should I do? Uh, quick, tell me what to do. Soften. <laughs> Just relax. Okay? Relax. Soften. Widen. Means get your attention to widen so you include your thinking, your emotions, and your body. So include it all. Widen to include everything. Notice particularly when you have the struggle with thinking mind. You're thinking a lot. And and you think, well, I shouldn't be thinking so much. This thinking is getting unpleasant. It doesn't go anywhere useful. We're trying to get more focused. Well, pay attention. Pay attention to the thinking experience. And when you practice like a thief, you listen to all this thinking, and you notice somewhere in the thinking process, there's a moment where you recognize I'm thinking. Now, this is the place, this is the time when you wait. You don't react to that. You wait and you make your mind relax at the moment when you recognize your thinking. So what happens is your mind lifts. The chitta lifts from the thinking. You see that you're thinking. Stay there and widen. How does thinking feel? What's happening in my body when I think? What's happening in my eyes when I think? What's happening in my throat? What's happening? How is it? What's happening in my heart when I think? Is it stirred up? Is it lost? Is it sad? Is it worried? So you widen your awareness to include not just the topic of the thought, but the emotion and the body. This means at the moment, instead of going to this reaction, soften, get, become gentle, listen, widen your awareness. This is thinking. Then oh, shoulder, relax the shoulders. Take a breath. So you're slowing everything down like this. We do this hundred times, five hundred times, because most of the time there's a lot of pressure to think, isn't there? When you in your daily life, asking you to think about this, remember that, fill in this think about that, plan this, read that. So naturally, you're going to think a lot. So you don't just switch it off. You have to be more compassionate. Soften soften your heart. 
widen, yeah, relax. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's just thinking. When you include it all, you, know, you, you, can't, you can't soften and widen unless you pay attention because you don't have the ability to do that. Yeah. You have to pay attention to find that place where you are attentive. You're listening, you're attentive, and you wake up. Hey, I'm thinking about this. What's that? What's happening? So that moment when you pay attention, you wake up, and then, ah, soften, soften, relax, widen your awareness. Where am I? Where am I now? What's happening in my body? So it's like that. You do this many times. And this keeps building a connection between your thinking and your refuge. Yeah. So you, you, you don't cut it off. You connect so sometimes people think you've got to try and cut off your thought. You're going to be pretty busy. <laughs> Instead, connect. Connect your thought back to your body until the energy of your thinking comes back into your body, comes back into your heart. This means also that when you do think, you think from the heart. You take your time, you have that moment, what is useful to say? And then you turn the other way, you can think, begin from your heart, what's really important now? Bring it out. Now, an untrained mind doesn't do that, it just thinks, thinks just scattered. And yeah, there's no purpose to it, it just runs around. Or the thought is pulled out by some external authority. Yeah. But when we think properly, we think from the heart. What is useful? What is skillful? What is important now? Think it through carefully. If you practice like this, then your thinking mind becomes to be trained and governed by your heart and by your Dhamma. Pay attention, soften, don't be in a hurry, widen, give yourself time. Widen means not just widen physically but also widen in terms of time. Take your time, look at things broadly. Don't get worried about a moment going wrong. Remember, you have a lifetime to practice. You know, you're not going to get the results of meditation in one day, in one week, in one year. You'll start, you'll, you'll begin to get the results of some restraint. You'll begin to get the results of sila probably within a few weeks, 
you get some results. In meditation, you won't get, seem to get very far, well maybe, but most people five years, ten years, yeah, you see some results. You think that's a long time? You think that's a long time? <laughs> time is as long as your impatience. Yeah. Isn't it? How long did it take to grow up? Can you say when you're born, when you're one day old, hey, I want to be 25, hurry up. <laughs> it, take, it takes time. So get wide, get spacious, give yourself time, give yourself space, don't be so critical in a hurry. Then it's going to grow. Include it all, this means, I expect most of us have places where we feel strong, where we feel happy, where we're clear, and I imagine all of us have times and places where we feel confused, lost, probably not very clean, places that we feel, oh, this is not very nice ugly places in our minds which feel very nervous or frightened places in our mind that feel ugly brutal or stupid pathetic, weak places in the mind that feel weak or silly include them so many times you want to cut it out cut out, cut it out, cut it out. I only want to be this. So it's like the st- what you think is your strength, it wants to exclude the weakness. So you're always fighting because what happens is all those places in your heart that are painful, are immoral, are unkind or are wrong, they keep coming in. (laughs) When you meditate, that's what happens. You think when you meditate you're just going to go into a state of purity. (laughs) When you meditate, you open the can of worms. Yeah? (laughs) And they all start wriggling. (laughs) stop, stop they won't go back (laughs) they won't go back this is when people start uh oh, uh oh I didn't come here for this I remember one time this uh, person, he became a monk eventually, but he was doing one of these intensive retreats. And this 
thought kept coming up. This unskillful thought kept coming up. So he started oh, start walking. The thought keeps coming up and he starts walking, doing walking meditation, trying to keep with his focus on his meditation. This thought, guilty, unskillful thought keeps coming up and walking. So he's walking faster. Then eventually he starts running. He runs out of the hall. He's running. <laughs> this thought is running behind him. <laughs> he, run, he ran 10 miles, running all trying to run away from this thought. <laughs> eventually, he's so tired, he just to stop. This thought, this terrible thought, just ran on, sat, ran on top of him. <laughs> I went, Anybody <laughs> he was too tired to fight it anymore. <laughs> he was too tired to fight it, and it just ran through him. <laughs> and then <it> ran away. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so these unskillful thoughts and impressions, unhelpful fears, worries, guilt, Terrible things. We don't want to feel them. No. <clears throat> this is why you have to create that very strong center. Here I am. Here I am. Now, when these unhelpful things, when these terrible things, when these frightening things when these disgusting things, when these stupid things happen to you, you forget it. You forget where you are. You go, oh no, oh no, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. What's going wrong? Quick, help. You, you get panic, you know. The emotions whirl up, get carried away. This is why you have to stay where you are and those will run, they come running up and you stay and they move through. And you have to actually at the moment when you find your presence just open up. Include it all. But you stay centered. You can't include it all unless you have strong attention, deep attention. So you include it as long as you can pay attention, stay centered, you can take it. It's not pleasant, it's not comfortable, but you can take it. And every time you take it, the power of that unhelpful, problematic, painful experience begins to drop. It loses its energy and you get stronger. You get stronger and stronger and stronger every time because the energy of the pain and the confusion begins to transfer into the energy of your mindfulness. It's like instead of when the chitta runs out, it takes energy from your center and throws it out. Yeah? Throws it out onto thoughts, memories, 
throws it out onto passion, onto grief, onto fear. Where does it all come from? How come, no matter how tired you are, you feel really exhausted, you still have enough energy to suffer? <laughs> Suffering is your most precious thing. You've always got time to suffer. <laughs> You've always got time to worry. There's always time to feel guilty. There's always time to feel bad about yourself. It takes energy, doesn't it? And you're so willing to give it energy. <laughs> yeah. So this is ignorant, jitta. It gives itself. Now, when you turn it the other way, you draw energy back. You take the energy back. The fear comes up and you stay steady and the energy comes into your steadiness and you become fearless. The energy of your sorrow, your grief, your pain, with all its tremendous movement, and you stay steady, the energy of that comes into your heart and you become compassionate. Compassionate, very compassionate. Big heart. So this way we begin to transfer suffering into strength. Like we have the image that I expect most of you know about of the Buddha and his moment of enlightenment when he's sitting under the Bodhi tree and it's a very difficult time. This time he's been living on his own for living a hard life, nearly dead. Not eating enough, nearly dead. And very confused. And his, he had five friends who were practicing together with him. And they said, you're no good. We've, we've finished with you. You're not strong enough. So his friends left him. And he's sitting under this tree in the middle of the night, no hope. <laughs> and then this, what they call the host of Mara, which means all the doubt, all the worry, all the sorrow, all the boredom, all the craving, all the passion, starts gathering round and pushing, 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 pushing. Come here, come here. Go away, pushing, pushing. He says, stay here. He just stays here. That's what the Buddha does. He touches his finger on the ground. If you see when the Buddha enlightenment, mudra, is like this. This is samadhi mudra. But the mudra, mudra is a hand gesture. The mudra of enlightenment, when you see the Buddha image is like this, this is enlightenment. Where? There? 
It's not there. It's there. It's not there. It's there. What do you think that means? <laughs> Stay here. <laughs> and so he's staying here, and the, the Mara, and all this craving, boredom, hunger, fear, doubt, worry. And his Buddha just stay here. He doesn't fight. He just stays where he is. And the Mara is trying to push, trying to find, he can't find a way in. He can't get this off person off the seat. Eventually Mara, give up. Has to go away. That's how you do it. So you have to, you can't say, oh, you shouldn't be here, Mara, go away. I'm meditating, I'm too busy now, meditating. You're not allowed here. This is a meditation retreat. We only want the devas here. <laughs> devas are welcome, but Mara, no. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. No. It's like this. You stay here. <clears throat> and when you begin to get your strength of being here into your body then it comes into your heart when your heart becomes very big and compassionate compassionate and this is the Buddha is both strong he's also wise he's also called the Maha Karuniko the great compassionate one in compassionate heart, there's room for everything. In compassionate heart, room for everything. It doesn't turn anything away. You know, meditation, it's like um, when you're practicing, it's like, say, you're living in a house and there's this dog howling. Howling dog. Okay, look, take the dog, put it, lock it up. Dog still howling. Okay, I go upstairs. Dog howls louder. Okay, I go up. next flight, up two stories. Now I can meditate. Dog howling even louder. I get onto the roof. You go up there, this is peaceful. Dog is still howling. What are you going to do? Okay. You go downstairs, you go downstairs, and you open the door, and you hear the dog. Okay. Good dog, good dog, <laughs> good dog, <laughs> good dog. It's called howling dog practice. <laughs> so if you have any howling dogs in your heart, this is what you should do with them. Yeah? 
you're crying. Stay where you are, but start to open your heart, include it all. Metta karuna. And then, then the dog becomes your friend. And the fighting is over. And your heart becomes very big. These are not small things. These are not easy things. But these are things that change your life completely. The Dhamma practice is not just a little thing we do for a bit of peace and quiet. (laughs) Once you practice Dhamma, it's not about having a bit of peace and quiet. It's about turning your life around. It's about becoming stronger and wiser and more compassionate than you ever believed you could be. But it's possible because what the ignorant jitta doesn't know, it doesn't know just how much strength you have. It doesn't know just how big your heart can be. It doesn't know just how deep you can go. Now's the chance to really know what you have. Find your way. Stay here. And it will open up. It'll open up. It'll open up, and as it opens up, sometimes it hurts when it opens up. A lot of the time it's kind of confusing as it opens up. So what you do is you just keep Breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, soft, breathing in, breathing out, soft, breathing in, breathing out. (laughs) Keep using the medicine and allow it to open up. So now is the time to um, put something into practice and we have another half an hour or so together. 45 minutes. So I encourage you to find if you want to sit or you want to walk or you want to stand or walk some, sit some, stand some. It's up to you. Practice, pay attention. (laughs) Get comfortable. Include it all.